Thanks for tuning in. This episode was originally recorded for YouTube, so some references might be lost on listeners. To get the full experience and to view current episodes, go to youtube.com forward slash at Rob Talks Beer. That's youtube.com forward slash the at symbol Rob Talks Beer. All right, let's go to the episode. Hello and welcome to Rob from the Internet Talks About Beer, a show where we discuss different styles of beer, beer history, beer flavor profiles, we give shout-outs to breweries we think make exceptional beer, and we talk about whatever else happens to pop up during the course of our conversation. I'm Rob from the Internet. Let's talk about beer. All right, so joining me today is Joel Geyer. Joel, if you could uh, tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got into craft brewery. Yeah, so uh, my name is Joel Geyer, uh, better known on social media channels as Brewery Travels. Uh, and I guess I got into craft beer via my dad uh, growing up in rural Wisconsin, rural Iowa, uh, especially, you know, back 90s, early 2000s. Uh, craft wasn't big, but my dad, instead of having, you know, most people had, you know, cheap light beers, uh, macro, and my dad always kept Lining Kugel's Creamy Dark and Sierra Nevada Pale Ale in his fridge. And so he always kind of, you know, preached to me about it. He always liked to enjoy his beer, uh, you know, the taste of it rather than just drinking it <laughs> for the alcohol consumption. Um, and I actually took that to me when I went to college, kind of. But once I turned 21, my college roommates would go buy, you know, a 30 rack of Keystone or whatever was on sale at the grocery store. And I would go do a pick six or a variety pack from a brewery and just try a bunch of different stuff. And once I kind of got a little bit older, I started visiting breweries uh, and then I started keeping track of visiting breweries. And that kind of spiraled from just kind of a little hobby into a full-on full obsession, essentially. And uh, my <laughs> wife has worked now. This is her second stint working as a travel nurse. And so we've moved all over the country, which has enabled me to visit a lot of awesome breweries and share their stories on social media and write about them on my website. And uh, just recently, I surpassed visiting 700 breweries across 43 states. Uh, awesome. So it's just something that I really love doing. And like I said, each brewery is very unique. And so being able to visit them and take in the beers that make them special and the taproom atmospheres and the people behind them. Uh, it's just something that is really, really awesome. And uh, looking forward to being able to talk about one style in particular that I've really been enjoying for the last year or two that's become one of my personal favorites. So Awesome. Um, so when you're not traveling uh, to different breweries, what do you do? Uh, well, currently I'm a stay-at-home dad uh, while we're traveling the country. Um, I have a degree, I have my master's degree in nonprofit management, so that's technically my, you know, typical career path. Uh, but yeah, right now we're, we're traveling. We have a, she'll be three in November, and then we also have a soon-to-be five-month-old son, uh, so one girl and one boy. So I have my hands full at home, certainly, while my wife is working <laughs> and we're traveling the country. So it's not your typical, uh, you know, family environment, per se. Uh, you know, I don't think not, not a whole lot of people bounce around every few months living somewhere new. Um, we're technically from Milwaukee. We own a home there. That's where we both went to grad school. We plan on living in Milwaukee long term uh, once we're settled down. But we love the travel lifestyle. Uh, we did it before we had kids and now we're back out doing it again. We're currently living in Baltimore, uh, which is actually where uh, the beer is from from tonight. So looking forward to sharing some of that. But yeah, so just a little 
Excellent. Excellent. Well, you know, you know, my hat's off to you being a stay at home, being a stay at home parent of any like mom, dad, yeah. whatever, you know, it, it's, it's a tough job. Uh, and it's one that doesn't get uh, as much recognition as, as it really should. So congratulations on, uh, on being a stand up parent and being at home with your kids. <laughs> well, thanks. I appreciate that. But yeah, I mean, I mean, and on the flip side, I, I, I obviously love doing that. And that's the biggest thing is just traveling in general has been a super big blessing, but you know, Another thing is it does allow me to visit a whole bunch of breweries. And if I wasn't doing this, obviously, you know, I wouldn't be doing able to, you know, share as many awesome brewery stories. So that, that, that's right. the side of the coin. <laughs> right. All right. Well, tonight we're going to be, or today, depending on when you watch this, it's, it's nighttime <laughs> for me uh, right now. So uh, whenever you watch this, we're, we're going to be talking about uh, Hellas Lagers today. So yes. um, I have uh, one that's local to me here near Toronto. It's uh, from uh, Muddy York Brewing. It's called Gaslight Hellas, um, and it's a fantastic example of the style. And what are, and what have I, you got? I have. It's called Everything All the Time, and it's from Diamondback uh, Brewing, which is like I mentioned here in Baltimore. Uh, so it was the first brewery that I actually visited in Baltimore, and I, I went back the other day because for some reason I was having trouble where I'm from Milwaukee. There's normally a lot more options for the Hellas Lager, but uh, I was struggling to find one, but I knew that they made one. So I actually went back to the tap room and picked up a four pack. So this was not one that I had tried when I visited. So I was, I'm looking forward to, to giving it a go. Awesome. Well, for people who don't know, um, Hellas is your, is your, your, um, your poster child or the epitome of a beer for people who love beer flavored beer. If you're looking, if you're looking for the ultimate, it tastes like a beer that, that everyone thinks a beer should taste like. This is the style for you. So it's uh, it's very malt forward, um, but it balances the sweetness from the malt uh, and and the body that it gets from the um, the hops that it uses with a restrained bit of bitterness. Um, it's it's been said by a lot of people uh, who are smarter than I am that uh, making a Hellas is is uh, is the equivalent of taking a master class in uh, in in uh, restraint, subtlety, and drinkability. Uh, it makes it an, an enduring and difficult style of beer for 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 brewers to master. Um, yeah, you can't you can't hide your mistakes the same way in like a you know a double fruited sour or a milkshake IPA or pastry stout. You know you're not able to right. throw in other additives and flavors that some sometimes mask, you know, you know, little uh, intricate uh, mistakes that are, that are in there. Yeah. And, and if, it, and if they're, if they're following a true German Hellas style recipe, you know, they're going to try and uh, try and uh, stay within the, um, the German purity law, regu- you know, the German purity laws to keep it as, as simple as possible. And it's one of those styles that when it's done right, it really reminds you that sometimes the simplest styles of beer can be the most rewarding styles of beer to drink. So, absolutely, you know, and I feel like that's one thing. You know, when I talk about my craft beer journey, um, I still do enjoy occasionally some of the stuff that has you know the more additives. You know, like I mentioned, pastry stouts or fruited sours. You know, some of the hazier IPAs and everything. But um, I still enjoy getting those in flight sometimes. But when I'm at home drinking now, especially, I prefer the more simple, you know, lagers and you know things that are just more clean crafted. Uh, you, you mentioned the drinkability things that you can just sit down and enjoy the beer flavored beer, as you put it. Uh, yep. So, and I think it's maybe because I have tried so many things in all my travels that sometimes just sitting down with something more simple is enjoyable, but I've kind of come full circle on that, that I, I went from wanting to try everything and anything to, 
yeah, I think I'm just going to have a lager tonight. <laughs> yep. So th- this is a this if you're if you're not really into the craft beer scene or you're new to the craft beer scene mm-hmm. or you're feel or you're feeling a little uh, you're feeling a little anxious about dipping your toes in and, and trying something different because you know maybe you normally just drink your your Miller or your your Coors your whatever. Um, this this is a great style to uh, to start with because it's not so far off the path from what uh, from what you'd normally have yeah. if, if you're one of those people that drinks a lot of macro beers that uh, you're not going to get scared off by it but you're going to notice it has a lot more depth of flavor than those beers because those beers I mean typically the macro beers like your Miller your Coors your Molsons what have you they're crafted to be uh, enjoyed really cold so that they're just really refreshing and quickly <laughs> and quickly yeah they're they're not they're not designed they're not designed to have a, a whole lot of flavor punch to it whereas something along this style that's a craft brew that's in this vein is designed for both it's designed to be enjoyed while it's cold but not too cold and yeah. it's designed and it's designed to to give you flavor without being overwhelming so yeah um you know the 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 word hellas uh, is german it, it means pale um you know, uh, these beers are often uh, a light golden color, just like your your standard macro beers. Um, it's generally a bit rounder, um, and by that I mean it has kind of a fuller body than you'd expect from from the, uh, a beer w- that that's made like this. So, uh, because of the hops that they use and because of the uh, the malt profile that they have, um, it tends to have a little bit more body than than the the typical macro beers would. So it's not going to be as thin as those are. Um, it has a bit of, it has a bit of sweetness to it, but it's not overly sweet. Like I said before, uh, it's got yeah. a little bit of, little bit of bitterness in it, not a whole lot of bitterness because they tend to use hops that don't provide a ton of bittering. Um, it'll have yeah, a, a little more of a balance. Like, you know, you're not getting too, too much of either thing. You know, you're not getting a, like a super bready maltiness. You're not getting a over the top, you know, like a, like to compare like a West coast IPA, like a super bitterness, like, like they're trying to find a, a, a gentler harmony between the two. Right. Right. And, and, and when it's done right, this style epitomizes that it's, it's, Absolutely. it's so, so well balanced. Um, you know, it, it's, uh, it, it, the malt character is typical to the pilsners and things and lagers. It's got that kind of bready kind of, uh, flavor, uh, not flavor, well, flavor profile, but also that kind of breadiness to it. Like when you smell it, it smells Kind of like fresh baked bread, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it's great with with light dishes like salad or fish, um, clams. Uh, but it's also good with other things like you know it, it, one of one of my favorite things to to have a Hellas Lager with is uh, like samosas. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it goes it goes well with those because it'll it'll help cleanse your palate when you're when you're eating things like that. Well, and it's one of those things that you can sit down and you could be drinking it with you know like a special meal or on a different occasion or anything but it's also a beer that you can sit down and enjoy with a pizza while you watch the game too you know yeah. it's, it's got it's a very you know it's a beer that allows you to kind of best of both worlds kind of thing when it's when it's done properly when it's done properly all right well enough talking let's do some yeah, drinking this guy's gonna say here i can hold up to the mic get it get a nice sound effect you know oops. there we go <laughs> there you go so i normally have uh more more you know for the video i when we're back home, I normally have a lot of different fun glassware for specific styles of beer. But when you're cramming your entire life into a minivan and you have two children that have to have beds and toys and everything, uh, glassware does not make the cut. So, uh, you know, I, I just have the pint glass that I was able to find in our in our current rental. So. <laughs> well, I, I do have the proper glassware for Ooh, it. Beautiful. 
So this is, uh, this is uh, I've got several of these, uh, what are they, uh, Spiegelau or however you pronounce that. Uh, yeah. S- super thin, really nice glasses that I tend to break way too often. <laughs> so, yeah, um, putting it up to my nose, I don't get a whole lot, of, a, a slight floral scent and a little bit of, like I said, that, that kind of bready scent, but not a whole Yeah, I'm lot. getting the, the breadiness is definitely present there. But I'm getting a little, uh, there's floralness, almost a spiciness, spicy floralness to it. Yeah. Like there's definitely some hop present there. But not, like you said, it's not overpowering. Like it's not going to knock you out and you're not, you know, sticking your nose into a hop bomb or anything. Right. So uh, the appearance of, of this beer should be like uh, a very light pale yellow to a golden you hue. See your, um, see your hand through it. <laughs> yeah, you should You should be able to see through it. Um it should be clear to brilliantly clear, according to the style guide. Um, this one, this one seems uh, this is a, just a tiny bit hazy, but that's okay. It it uh, you know yeah. it's it, it's all right by me. Um, in terms of the, the way it looks, uh, in terms of carbonation, visually there should be some bubbles coming up, but it shouldn't mm-hmm. be like super carbonated. It's it's more of a medium um, look to the carbonation. It's a very l- lighter lacing. I'm, I'm getting yes. in mind. Um, there shouldn't be any aroma of alcohol when you, when you're smelling mm-hmm. it and you shouldn't really have a whole lot of, uh, fruity smells to it. You might get some floral from the hops and you might get some, like I said, some of that breadiness from the yeast, but yeah. you shouldn't be, you shouldn't have that fruity smells, the, the, the esters that you get from a lot of beers. Yeah. All right. So. Initial initial sip. This 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 uh, this beer is a great uh, a great example of the style. So it's uh, it's clean. It's got uh, a, a, a decent mouthfeel to it. Doesn't feel like you're just drinking water. It's got a little bit of body to it. Um, it doesn't it doesn't hang around for a long time. And that's one of the things about this style. The uh, the finish should be short on this. It should be a short to to almost a medium length finish. So you should drink it. You should have a little bit of an aftertaste, and then it should disappear, which is what this one does. Yeah, I've got I've got a a nice light to medium kind of biscuity um, flavor profile. I will say it it leans a little bit more. Um, I would I get I, I mentioned the kind of floral florally characteristics. Um, there's a little bit more of that I would say in this particular example um, than some others I've had recently. Um, not that that's bad or anything. Uh, it's still overall a, a lighter body balance uh, to it. You know, it's not leaning too heavily in either direction. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a good quality example uh, of, of of what you know the hella should be. So yeah, All right. yeah. So this one, this one, um, true to style, has very very little bitterness. And yeah, I was just reading the the, uh, the side of my can here says they do use it's brewed with a blend of German base malts and hops solely with a traditional German uh, varietal, uh, tinge of malt sweetness, classic character, and they use a house house lager yeast in it. So, so for its cold conditions, so you know, gotcha, pretty much what you would expect. Yeah, and and as I said, this is I mean this is a beer flavored beer, so. Um, if, if, if you're, if you're looking to watch a, watch a sport of sporting event of some sort, baseball, football, what have you, if you're going to a cookout, this would be a good one to bring with you. I mean, it's, uh, it's nice and light 
and typical typical to the style uh, it should be somewhere between 4.8 and 5.7 percent alcohol yeah, so 5.0 on the dot so so you're not going to get hammered if you have a couple of these i mean yeah. they're not they're not super they're 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 right middle of the road yeah this one comes in at 5.4 i believe uh yeah 5.4 um it's this one's got uh 18 is the ibu rating on this so that's international bittering units uh which means it's not bitter um the lower the number the less bitter a beer is so so this one is not very bitter at all yeah you um, want i just poured a little bit more in there it, it, it's a very very thinner like a like, like kind of a fizzier uh head on it you know it's not a yep. super you don't get like a super thick head I'm, as i drink more of it I initially thought it, it leaned more on the floral, but the, the, like drinking a little bit more, the, the, the maltier biscuity is a little bit coming through uh, more now. So, uh, and that's the and that's the way it really should be. So your initial yeah. sip, your initial ship, uh, sip, you're not going to get uh, the full f- flavor uh, compliment until you know until you, until you've had a couple drinks and your mouth has uh, become used yeah. to what you're drinking, and then you'll start picking out those other flavors. Like with this one. Um, I can really taste the, uh, the, the toasted, uh, the toasted malts that they used for it. Um, and it's got, this one's got a very bready flavor to it, you know, which is great. Cause that's my, that's, that's kind of my thing. I love the malt forward, the uh, kind of bready yeasty kind of, uh, beers. And, uh, there, there's no, this one has like very little hop aroma, just very lightly floral. I mean, Okay, it might be more than lightly floral. I'm I'm typically bad at picking out the smells if they're super light or if they're medium light. But to me, it, it smells very light, uh, very lightly scented. It's nice. Um, yeah, and I could I could drink this all day long. Oh, absolutely, and that's I think that's one reason why it's become one of my favorite styles is that I just feel like no matter what is going on, I feel like I can drink it, and I and I don't know. It just no matter what what's going on during the day, no matter what time of day it is. I feel if I crack open one of these bad boys, you know, it's, it's, I'm, I'm good to go. Um, and I just, yep. I really love the flavor profile overall. Um, like I said, this is, a, this is a quality example. I wouldn't necessarily rate it as my, you know, all-time favorite of the style, but it, it's definitely one that I would I would drink again. Uh, and I'm glad that, you know, I have the full four-pack and everything. So definitely enjoying it. And um, yeah, there's, there's definitely some of the, like I said, it's, it's got a little more floralish to it than what I, floral characteristics to it than what I would normally experience I feel like um but it has started to pick up more on the kind of the biscuity kind of tones uh so yeah. I'm really I'm I am definitely enjoying it it's, it's, it's a good quality quality beer uh for those who want to know the style of glass that, that, that you should drink this out of if you want the best flavor out of it would be this style this kind of fluted glass mm-hmm. uh though it's it's perfectly acceptable to drink it out of a standard shaker pint or a nonic pint, which is all I've got here, and which is all I got. Like I said, I wasn't going to transfer. I wasn't going to be trying to pack up my glassware and transport it around the country. So especially yeah. with the kids' stuff, it just <laughs> wasn't wasn't no. going to happen this time around. <laughs> hey, I I fully understand. Um, another another perfectly acceptable glass to use it in is a teku. Um, yep, because those are great because you know they've got that wide bottom on them that that. Uh, that that allows the beer to kind of spread out and breathe, but then it comes in and and uh, flutes out at the top. So when you're bringing it up to your face, you get all the aromas out of that you can possibly get. Um, 
pretty much any craft beer you can you can drink uh, out of a teku and, and you're going to have a, a great experience with it i've yet to find something that you really can't yeah that was one of the my, my wife likes to get me for like birthdays christmas anniversary she likes to get me fun and unique glassware from like you know like the custom hand-blown glasses so i have some of the more interesting shaped ones but she just got me uh the most recent one was a stemless teku glass so nice um i'm, I'm looking for it like i said i can't use it when i get home but i'm also I drink at home a lot less while we're, while we're traveling because oftentimes I'm, I'm saving my beer and alcohol consumption for visiting breweries on premise. Um, yep. So this is one of the rare chances where I actually went and bought beer to drink at home. Um, so, yeah. All right. Um, so uh, proper serving temperature for a Hellas lager is 7 to 10 degrees Celsius, which is 45 to 50 degrees in, in Fahrenheit for those of you who aren't metric. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm in Canada, so, you know, we tend to use metric, although it, it, it's the not-so-secret secret that they actually still do use quite a bit of imperial measurement up here for things. <laughs> You'll go to people's houses, and their, uh, their, their thermostats will be in Fahrenheit, and their ovens are... I guess it depends how many, uh, how, how many like, uh, you know, people from, from, from that moved there from the U.S., you know. <laughs> Yeah. Well, no, I mean, just in general, because, you know, up until the 80s, um, Canada used imperial measurements. So yeah, there's still that's true. There's still a bunch of people who Hold for them, others. that's yeah, that that's what they grew up on. And because, you know, most people in Canada live within a couple hours of the border, they deal with the United States a whole lot. So a lot mm -hmm. of, this, you know, a lot of stuff comes from the United States. So, you know, it's just just as easy to to, to know both systems up here. Uh and people use them interchangeably. Like you'll go to the grocery store, it'll say hamburgers on sale for a buck thirty nine a pound. But when you look at the when you look at the actual tag on it, it's priced per kilogram. <laughs> oh, <laughs> got it. Keeps you on your toes. Keeps you on your toes. It does. It really. It really does. It's been. Uh, it, it's. It's been an adventure since I moved here. <laughs> um, so. Um, examples, good, good examples of this style that, that, that come to mind when I'm thinking about a Hellas, uh, obviously the one I'm drinking, uh, from Muddy York Gaslight, um, uh, old standard Hacker Shore, uh, they make a, 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 a Muncher lager, which is, which is a Munich style Hellas lager, which is great. Uh, locally here, there's Wellington. They make one that's just called their Hellas lager. Keep it simple. Um, and then there's another one in the Toronto area that, uh, I've only had it once, but it was, but it, you know, I remember that I liked it. It was a brewery called People's Pint, and they made one called Hellas Island. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say this is one of those beers that I think you often see kind of used, and the name is used in like the, the beer name, uh, where you know it's a play on words because of you know in America it sounds spelled and sounds slightly like the word hell, so you know it's. Uh, you know, you, you see like a heaven or hellas kind of thing. Um, yep. So I think that this is one of the styles that is very easy to have that kind of um, beer, <laughs> fun with the beer name, I guess you could say. Yes, yes. Well, I, and and I've been to I've been to a few few different breweries that actually had one that they called Hell's Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I think I've definitely, like you said, I've seen that more than once. I feel like. Yeah, I've seen it at, at, at several at several craft breweries, and and it is one of those styles that because of because of the name, you know, they like to play with it quite a bit. Um, you know, it's uh, it, it's a great summertime beer. Um, it's a great. I guess I I would say it's more of a summertime beer for me 
but uh, it is a great year-round beer if you're if you're really not into all the uh, the other styles of beers. Um, anybody who's watched this show knows that for me, uh, stouts and porters are my go-to, and I drink those year-round. Even though most people would tend to say that those are cooler weather beers. Yeah, well, and that's one thing. I this is a beer that I would drink year-round. Um, and I, like I said, I drink most styles. You know, pretty much whenever I feel like it. You know, there are certain ones that feel. You know, a pumpkin beer a pumpkin beer feels best when it's being drinking in September and October, um, or maybe November. Uh, but all, otherwise, you know, it's, there are, it, it's something you just got to join. By the way, I was, I was looking down, I was going through my notes. I was curious. I did just have a beer that I actually really, a, a Hellas lager that I really enjoyed at a brewery here in Maryland, uh, Hysteria Brewing. And it was called, Oh Hellas. Yeah. So I just, I, <laughs> I, when you said that, I was like, okay, I, I'm pretty sure I just had one actually. So I, I had to go and find my notes and yeah, that was, uh, literally just happened. So, uh, how, how long have you been in, uh, Maryland? Uh, we got here just about a month ago and we'll be here, um, a little ways into October. So just under two more months here. And, uh, then we'll, we'll, we'll kind of see where we, uh, go after that. Got some, got some ideas, but it's kind of still up in the air a little bit, which is part of the fun of traveling is, you know, sometimes you don't necessarily know, uh, where, where you'll be at it, at, 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 you know, in, in three months, you don't know. Uh, where you'll be living, but uh, we'll kind of wait and see. And we just, we enjoy, that's part of what we enjoy. We kind of enjoy having to go with the flow and not exactly knowing where you'll be. Um, Because last time we traveled, we lived in several places and a couple of them were places that we didn't necessarily envision when we started traveling. And we ended up there and ended up really enjoying it. So that was, that was a lot of fun. Cool. So you said you've been to 43 different states. Yeah. So I've, I've, I've been in 49 states, but I've only been to breweries in 43 of them. And also D.C., um, which isn't technically a state, I guess, but maybe it's it not a at state some point. But... Yeah, maybe at some point it will be. Who knows? But anyway, I still so on my website, I've got 43 states plus D.C. Um, so, uh, but yeah, <laughs> so it's I'm actually I'm going to be adding another state here pretty soon. I've only driven through Virginia and we're going to be going down to Richmond uh, for a couple nights. So I'll be adding that to my uh, brewery repertoire, I guess you could say. And Richmond's got a great beer scene uh, for those that don't know. There's a lot of really great breweries down there. So I'm looking forward to checking them all out. Awesome. Awesome. So um, now whereabouts in Maryland are you, are you located? Are you near Baltimore? Or are you- yeah, we're, so we're living in Baltimore. In fact, we're, we're living literally half a block from Camden Yards, the Baltimore Orioles oh. stadium. Like I look up, <laughs> I walk up my door in the stadium right across the street. So. Um, gotcha pretty neat and yeah it's been fun i I just went and hit up a couple more breweries here in baltimore today actually uh been enjoying the local scene finding some good beers that it isn't quite as in terms of the number of breweries it's not as robust as some similar sized metro areas i would say Um, but there's definitely still plenty of quality spots and um one thing that's interesting about maryland is is that in the area surrounding baltimore within you know 30 to 40 minutes there's a several farm breweries uh, like breweries on actual working farms um yep and because when, when you think of maryland you know i don't people would think of the midwest where i'm from you know as being more you know farmland but there is a lot you know here in the mid-atlantic a lot of farmland stuff too so there's a, there's quite a few farm breweries that i'm looking forward to hopefully checking out and uh we just went up to philadelphia for a weekend recently and that was a lot of fun a lot of good beer up there and uh gonna go down to dc soon as well uh, and also nice coast, so Hoping to get to Dogfish Head because that's not too far away there in Delaware. Uh, yeah, yep. that, that's one of the big names. I always like to be able to visit some of the, you know, I've been to Sierra Nevada, um, 
and like Russian River and you know Boston Beer Company, you know some of the some of the bigger names uh, per se that, that you know kind of are, are fun to visit. But yeah, right, 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 awesome. Yeah, I've actually uh, I've got friends that live in uh, in Maryland, and uh, oh, yeah. I've been. I've been I've been there I've been there a couple times, but the last time mm-hmm. uh, my wife and I were down there, we were down there for I think we were down there for a week, and we uh, we hit up uh, several several craft breweries, and one of them was a, a, a farm brewery, and it was absolutely yeah. fantastic. What, do you remember which one? I, I I don't. I was trying to remember the name, but uh, it's it's uh, it's I think it's in Olney. I think is the name of the town. Okay. Olney, Maryland. So um, yeah, and it, it was great. I mean, uh, they had they had I think they had um eight or nine different beers on tap and they had you know you could you 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 ordered your beer inside and you could take it outside and sit at the picnic tables and overlook fields and stuff it was really nice i i always really enjoy those i just i recently uh earlier this summer i took a trip down to austin texas with my dad and um you know one of the the big brewery down there is obviously jester king uh and they're they're out on their own farm they've got a huge plot of land down there and they've got you know they've got their their goats and they have a huge hop uh, field where they're growing their own hops and so that's always really neat i always love when you know the breweries that are actually growing their own some of their own ingredients that's really neat and i think uh in some of the cases for these farm breweries that is what is happening uh, but i just i do growing up in like i said rural rural areas i'm now you know living in metro areas all the time different metro areas but it's nice to go back to my roots kind of thing and being on a farm is just such a a different atmosphere than your typical brewery because so many breweries you know they're they're in, you know, in old industrial buildings or they're in a business park, you know, somewhere. Um, so when you're out and you have this big plot of land and, you know, it's it, it just, it's so cool to actually be able to enjoy nature while you're also having a beer too. Yeah. Yeah. And um, there's a, there's a farm brewery that's uh, about 15 minutes from where I live um, and they, they, they grow their own hops and, uh, this year they were, I think it was this year, maybe, maybe it was last year. The whole pandemic time yeah. is in, in a warp. Uh, the last time we were there, we were talking to them. They said that they were going to start, uh, they were going to start growing their own, um, malts. So they were going to oh, have, interesting. Their own, they were going to have their own grains and they're going to use their own hops and, and make more of their own stuff that way, which I, th- That's which great. I think is fan, which I think is fantastic. I mean, the more, the more that you, that, that they can do and the more that they control, the, the the better their beer is going to be in the well, long run. I always love when I visit a brewery and they use a lot of local ingredients. Even if, you know, it's not, if, if you're not a farm brewery, you obviously, it's very hard to have all your own ingredients. But if right. you're using ingredients that are at least, you know, made locally, I always really appreciate that because I feel like you're actually getting a taste of the region. You're not just, you know, having stuff shipped in and made there, you know. That's one right. thing that I think makes it more personal when you're visiting these smaller breweries is they're able to have these partnerships with, you know, local places where it's like, well, we made this, you know, raspberry weed and the raspberries are from a farm, you know, 15 minutes away. So yeah. that that kind of stuff is stuff that I, I am really drawn to personally. Yeah. So we have the benefit of uh, where we live. We're about an hour from um, the region of Canada where all the uh, the stone fruit and the wineries happen to, to be. Oh, Okay. So like uh, there's a local brewery called Nickelbrook that makes um, they make uh, a Berliner Weiss with raspberry called Uber Raspberry, and they get the raspberries locally, and then they make it like they'll make a an apricot one, and they get those from the region. Yeah, and you know they make uh, they make an they make a barrel aged stout that's aged in uh, Pinot Noir ba- barrels, 
that they I get. I love when beer, I love the wine barrel aged beers, especially sours, because you don't see them very often. Um, but when they're, right. they're, they're often done well, I, I remember the first, one of the first ones I had was at Russian River, which you know is Sonoma, like wine country. And that yep. was just immaculate, just so well done. Yeah, and the thing is that this, the, the, you know, they try and source as much as they can from from the the region. I remember um, they were doing a, a a peach a peach beer a couple of years back, and there was a big storm that came through and damaged a bunch of the the fruit, so it couldn't be sold in stores. So they bought it from the farmers. Uh, they got it. They got it at a, a better price because it was you know visually it, it was marred but it was still perfectly yeah. fine so they, they they just made a shit ton of this uh the peach <laughs> flavored beer but it was fantastic you know you 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 walked into the brewery and it smelled like peaches because they had they had literally had them all over in the canning area in the crates just sitting there while they were going through and and cutting them up and everything it was great that's awesome that's awesome yeah they, see those are the kind of stories that it's so cool